It's a joy to be able to be here this morning for Don and I and Christina to be here. And for sure, as a church family, um, it is an honor today. And we've been reflecting on the fact that this year is 20 years. Yes. Imagine that the Bethany family has stood with Empowering Lives, has stood with our family, and you've prayed, and you've prayed, and you've supported, and you've cheered on the ministry and cheered on our family. And I, I hope today, as, as Don comes to share and as you interact with us, um, even after the service, that it's our prayer today that as you see the incredible fruit of your prayers, yeah. that God's spirit alive in you, something will start to swirl and just take hold today that you know that your prayers have been so effective. And we're so grateful today as we see God's kingdom come and his will be done in Africa, and we're praying that right now here for Westminster mm -hmm. and for each of your families. Yes. And God is, he's doing an incredible, incredible and mighty work yes. as we just open our hands and say, what's next? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what's next? Mm -hmm. He has an adventure ahead. So I just want to express from our hearts this morning how it's been so fun to be able to have some conversations with each of you before service, but we're so grateful. It's a joy, joy to be here and hang on because God is moving in a powerful way. And again, I just want to emphasize this. As you just sit this morning, just allow God's spirit to just move in your hearts as you take hold of what God is doing in East Africa right now because of your faithfulness in prayer and your faithfulness in giving. And God has so much ahead in just worshiping with you this morning. Just, I just am, it's such a joy to be together today. So thank you, and I'm, pray. I'm, oh, you want pray. me to pray? I do, I do. I wish to pray. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Lord, yes. we just come before you today, yes. God, and we just ask for your presence to just move, Lord, mm -hmm. and to touch our hearts. Mm -hmm. God, I thank you for the word that you put on Don's heart this morning. Mm -hmm. God, would you open our ears to hear your word today? God, open our eyes to see the world through, through your eyes, mm -hmm. Lord. Mm -hmm. Touch our hearts today, God. I thank you for each and every one in this room, Lord. You see the deepest need of every heart, God. And I pray that your spirit would move today, Lord. And those that feel weary, that they mm -hmm. would be touched, God, and yeah. inspired today yeah. to continue running, Lord, with their eyes fixed on you mm -hmm. to the finish line, Lord, until they see you face to face and you say, well done, mm -hmm. thou good and faithful servants. Yeah. And so we just pray, Lord, again, for your spirit to move and just to stir our hearts today in your precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Wow. I do not want that to fall. Let me uh, set it right here. All right. It is fantastic to be with you. What you are a choir. You need to make a CD. I mean, Bethany Bible. You really have beautiful voices in worship to the Lord. Thank you for uh, leading that that great worship. And how about Barbara? On this, you inspire me. I, I know you, you. You wouldn't want me to say anything, but you. You, you just your passion for Jesus and music. It just inspires me every time I come and visit. And uh, so I, I'm so delighted to be with you. The, the song we sing, our sins may be many, but your mercies, we're seeing that in Africa, people whose sins are, are, are finding and discovering the mercy of God. 
And you know, uh, ministry in a cross-cultural situation always has different challenges. There can be misunderstandings. I remember my first time there in 1989 when we were just coming from the airport. They had never hosted American. I'd never been to uh, Tanzania. And we stopped. I, they said, what do you want to eat? I said, I don't know. what. You know. And then I saw somebody with French fries. I said, I'll have some of those. They brought the fries. I said, do you have ketchup? I see them whispering, ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. So it's like a tomato. So off goes a guy. Little did I know he's jumping on a motorcycle to go somewhere to find ketchup. And when he came back almost 15 minutes later, it was a metal can of tomato paste. <laughs> now, how do we open it? You have a knife, knife, knife. <laughs> you know, in Africa, um, when you say football, it's not American football. It's soccer. They don't know about American football. Uh, maybe you heard about the Kenyan who came here, uh, attended the Super Bowl, and uh, afterwards, his friend said, well, what did you think of the game? And the guy said, oh, it was amazing, very wonderful, but I don't understand the money. His friend said, the money? What do you mean, the money? He says, yes. At the beginning of the game, that man threw the coin in the air, it lands on the ground, and for the rest of the game, the guy next to me is shouting, get the quarter back! <laughs> okay, that didn't really happen, but... But isn't it interesting if we take that humorous thing and we think about how so many people are in this game, which isn't really a game, but we're in life, and we're trying to watch the wrong thing. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Can, can we embrace the fact that the message of the cross is the power of God? And that power isn't diminishing. Our culture may not recognize it. We may not see it on the news. We may not see it here and there. It's not talked about in talk shows. But that never will diminish the power and presence of God. His ability to change lives. And we know what the scripture says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Jesus is Lord. But we who know him will be able to do it with joy and with, with praise and with adoration. Oh, I can't wait. But until that moment, I want to give everything I have to help other people know him. And I want to thank you, Bethany. As Amy said, imagine 20-year anniversary of you standing with us. How did we get to know each other? My mom and dad. How many of you remember Joe or, and or Marilyn Rogers? Raise your hands. Look at this. They came to this church when they moved to Huntington Beach. And then they, they told the pastor, you know, our son. <laughs> and a relationship was prayed about. It was then agreed upon in this missions committee and this church has stood with us ever since. And you'll remember when my hair was dark. <laughs> you do. You'll remember when we had just a handful of staff. 
You remember when Amy and I were just trying to start that very first training center. There was no children's homes then. But as I stand with you today, your prayers and your encouragement over these years, we now have over 120 nationals full-time throughout Africa. We're impacting 18 different countries in Africa. 18. We have two orphanages. We started with 200 children in 2004. Well, you can do the math. A lot of those kids are now 26 and older. They've got families of their own, and they're in the workplace. So we still have 200 kids, but we've helped. You have helped. Some of you sponsor children, and I'm so grateful. 332 children who otherwise would have been suffering. Some of them even wouldn't have survived. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. And I can't wait to move through what we're going to share today. And as you as a church, you sent me uh, through the missions committee, you said, hey, here is our theme. Here is the scripture that we would like to focus on. And so I read that and I said, yes and amen. Because the theme that you chose is what I'm going to be focusing on today. And the theme is Christ will prevail and build his church. Can we say that together? Christ will prevail and build his church. And you want to say, now that you've said it once, it's now becoming a part of you. So let's say it again. Christ will prevail and build his church. And that comes from Matthew 16, verses 16 through 18. Simon Peter, uh, or, or let me start there just prior to that where Jesus meets his disciples there in Matthew 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter. No, Jesus asked everybody the question, didn't he? For whatever reason, Simon is the first one to speak. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I know when Peter said those words, it came from his heart, from his soul, of watching this, this Savior heal people, speak, seeing, seeing the wisdom through him, seeing the very power of God moving through this this Lord that he was still getting to know, that I'm sure demons began to tremble when the disciples now are declaring that from their heart. Do you see that? And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And that's your verse. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. Or in the original language, Petra. You are Peter. You know he was Simon, right? But now he says, you are Petra. You are, a, you are a rock that has been split off of a bigger rock. That's what Petra is. You are Petra. And 
what Jesus was saying is that statement, that revelation where you have just said of who I am now, and in doing that, it acknowledges who you are. Your identity. You are Petra. Upon this revelation of who I am, who you are, I will build my church, ecclesia. Not a building, not a structure. I will begin to build this movement of people who, just like you, will accept that I am the Lord, that the kingdom of God is advancing, and it's not known by geographical barriers. And so, friends, as we are here in Westminster, we are the kingdom of God. Wherever you are and you declare that he is king of kings and lord of lords, the kingdom of God is advancing. As you submit and surrender and as Amy prayed, Lord, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do today? We don't need to be timid or shy. God can give us courage and boldness whenever it's needed just to live life with him and experience the abundant life, the joy that he has for, for all of us. You know, it's some of that joy and transformation we see was reflected in this video, where as an organization now, we're, it was 95 when we started, so what's that, 27 years. Well, over the last few years, we've said, God, help us really hone in on the vision of what you want to do now in this season as an organization. And we prayed into it, and we thought, and we discussed, and we, we said, God, we know you are calling us to ignite world changers. Can you say that? Ignite world changers changers. Yes, we, you know that we provide training in context of poverty. So we want to help people come out of their poverty through, through businesses of poultry and tree nurseries and restaurants and gardening, and, and it works. It's, it's really beautiful to watch, and I'll show you some images here shortly. But that's not the end game. You see... Uh, as a, as a person working cross-culturally over all of these years, Amy and I have really said, God, what is it for your kingdom to come in Africa? What is it, before it comes to Africa, what is it for your kingdom to come in my own heart and my own life? And so you can imagine a tree, if you would, as an illustration of a transformation tree. And as a missionary uh, cross working cross-culturally, this is very important to us. Because the roots of that tree would represent the, 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 the core beliefs. This is what I believe. This is my worldview. This is who God is or isn't. This is what I believe about the, the world and, and, and so forth and, and value and, and who I may be. The core beliefs, those are the roots. So out of those roots now comes the values. This is what I say is good or bad based on those core beliefs. Are we together? Yeah. That's what they say in Africa. Are we together? Everyone says? Yeah. So you have those core values. Now, out of those values now comes our behavior. This is now what begins to be seen as what we buy, what we don't buy, where we go on Sundays or don't go. This is kind of the, the movement of what we do and what our major choices are, our spouse or, or the parties or not the party. You know, there's so, so many different things that we see in our culture where we see behaviors today, don't we? And the variety of behaviors is even expanding even more, and to some of us in a very concerning way as we see these behaviors. But then also 
as you see those branches and those leaves of behavior, there is now fruit. That's the results. That is the fruit. That's what we see. That's the, the results of the core beliefs, the values, those behaviors produces consequences and results. So as a missionary, we could say we're going to go in, we're just going to help start businesses among the poor. And that is a good thing. But what God has called Empowering Lives to do is more than just behaviors and results of good businesses. We say, God, if your kingdom is going to advance across this village, we want to reach at the belief stage. We want to help these people recognize the kingdom of God, who they are, who you are, why they're here on earth. And out of that, they will begin to make better choices of what is good and what is bad. And out of that now comes their behaviors. And as we integrate the gospel with ideas to break the cycle of poverty, the ministry as we see it right now is expanding and multiplying in a way I have never seen in our 27 years of ministry. It's been three years since I've been able to share with you, and that was during the Sunday school time. So some of you weren't at that time. God is moving. I know there's discouraging things that are happening around us here in our nation. But don't let your eyes and your heart settle only on that because you are a part of the global and eternal kingdom of God. And so imagine yourself today sitting in a service in Africa hearing these testimonies, will you? Because they are part of you, and you are part of them. This is your family that we're talking about today. Because we, as a ministry, want to empower orphans and families to do three things. This is what we call a world changer. We want to ignite them to crush poverty, embrace Christ, and share that transformation with others. That's what we're after, those three things. And when people, orphans, families, farmers, when, when, when that farmer learns how to do his crop, our staff now, all of our African staff say, they're doing with, well with the crop, but have they embraced Christ? They may have a God-honoring income, but do they embrace Christ and do they have the skills to share that with someone else? Because we want to see this movement multiply in powerful ways. And as we do that, we see God's fingerprints. I've shared in the past about this speed bump that we experienced in, in moving to empower the poor. People are suffering. That's why Eli even started in the first place is when I went to Africa as a volunteer for my church and I was doing leadership training. But during one of those church meetings, there was a little boy in a strip of shade 10 feet over there, next to a mud hut, swollen stomach, flies in his eyes. For three hours, that little boy with tattered shorts didn't move. And I'm over here, and I get up, and I share some from the Word of God, and their songs, and their singing. But all the while, this little child, who I know is declining, life is being drained from him. From the roundworms that are filling his intestinal system. It's not just malnutrition, it's, it is hundreds of worms, the size of our earthworms, that are living, and even if that boy eats a meal, those worms will eat 50% of the nutrition before it ever reaches the boy's body. 
So it's really tough for these children. And you know, those of you, who, especially in the medical field, that a child who doesn't get the right, mal <clears throat> right nutrition before they're five years old, then the rest of their life is somehow stunted because of the deficiencies that have happened in that, those very important early years. This boy is suffering. And after the service ends, I, um, I brought the pastor over because people had all left. I said, Pastor, this boy is so sick. We need to find the family that this boy belongs to. And the pastor said, as he lifted the boy up, I know this boy. This is my son. I was shocked. Because here's a guy that I had grown to know and respect for several weeks. I hadn't been to his home yet. So, so my heart and my mind kind of were spinning about this. This man wants to reach his own village, his nation for Jesus. He doesn't have the capacity even to feed his own child times 10. He had 10 kids. Because before he was saved, he had three wives. And once he came to Christ, two of the wives left. That's, thus he had all these kids trying to feed them. Well, when I came back to Garden Grove, to the church just up the street there, um, shared the stories, and people said, Don, what are you going to do to help that pastor? And I said, what am I going to do? What, what are we going to do? I, I don't know. And, but I knew he, he, knew he lived next to Lake Victoria, and I knew he just needed a boat and a net to be able to fish. And so we did garage sales. You like garage sales? I do. We did them. Church parking lot, collected the stuff, church parking lot. Two Saturdays, we raised $4,000 from stuff that most of us didn't even need anymore, but we, that money went over and provided what that man needed. And when I went back the next year just to, to continue to volunteer, he was not only feeding his family, he was employing seven other men in the village, and I was hooked. That's why I went back the next year. I didn't know empowering lives would ever exist. I just wanted to be a part of advancing the kingdom and putting God's love into action. So then the next summer, uh, in fact, I changed my job here in the States. I started setting floor toil, doing magic shows, and substitute teaching in Garden Grove School District. So that's why, so that every summer I, could, I would get up enough little money and then I'd go back for one, two, three months and we started the poultry project and the tree nursery project and the earth brick project and, and pastors started coming out of the woodwork saying, this is what we need. They said, we, we are so grateful for the gospel. We're grateful for missionaries. But, but the majority of them, they've left us in our poverty. And we will take handouts, we will but we would rather be able to support ourselves. Please empower our lives. And in 95, a pastor at Garden Grove and two businessmen said, Don, what God's doing, it's bigger than our local church. You should step in faith. So that was 95. And then when I came, went to Africa, I came back after six months only to discover the church had a new assistant pastor named Amy, who's now my wife. <laughs> And the one who just spoke to you and prayed, you see God's, God's fingerprints helping this mid guy in his mid-30s to discover love and to continue to move forward in mission. Oh, God is good all the time. He's moving. In fact, that problem of alcohol is so rampant that fat women by the thousands, tens of thousands are making this local brew called Chang'a, which means kill me quick. 
They don't even like it. Most of them detest the fact that they're even having to do it. They don't know what else to do. Many of them do become addicts themselves. Fierce, fierce women. Fierce women. Business women. They become business women out of this. But it turns their home into a brewing den. Their children are suffering, neglected, malnourished. Marriages break apart. Because of the, the drink, which is so toxic, um, many of the men now become promiscuous. HIV AIDS spreads, domestic violence, a lot of other problems. But a chief called us about eight years ago, and he said, this problem is consuming my village. I know you do some training. Can you come and, and talk to my community? Maybe there's a few who would um, decide to come for your training and then leave this brewing. So our founding director, Samuel Tamugi, he went to the village. He spoke to about 300 people that the chief had gathered, and he told them, if you are an illegal brewer, because it's illegal, you can be arrested, fined, put in prison. If you want to change, we have a four-day training. You bring $4, we'll pay the rest. So three days later, Samuel got a phone call from the chief because we told him, tell your chief you want training. The chief calls us three days later. His voice is trembling. He says, I have 47 women who want this training. 47? We've only got 32 beds. We said, bring the 32 that are most serious. On that, on that Monday evening, 47 showed up. <laughs> and we told some of them at the gate, we don't have room for all of you. And several of them, with tears in their eyes, said, we are not here for comfort. We need hope. We need change. We'll sleep on the floor. We'll sleep two to a bed. It doesn't matter. Don't send us, a home. Don't send us home. And so imagine those four days as we're teaching them about poultry and this, but we're doing devotions every morning, every evening, and they're hearing testimonies from our staff and recovered alcoholics until by Wednesday, every single one of them had said, I want Jesus as my Savior. And boy, that Friday was a party like I've never seen before. There was worship, spontaneous worship. There was testimonies. And then we prayed for those ladies. And to today, 100% of those ladies have remained in church, in Christ, in a business other than brewing alcohol. Well, our time is moving fast. I'm going to have to hit this super fast forward, forward button. So hang on right now. Because that started with 47 when, when those women went back home, the others in the community saw the change. They saw the transformation. And the next month, we got a another phone call, and a chief said, I have 53 more who want what that happened. Then the news channel showed up because they've never heard of a brewer changing, let alone 50 at a time. So these news channels show up. They're interviewing the ladies. Now it's on national news, a four-minute report on all three national channels. The phone rings again. Because more people say, that's what I want. Chiefs who are just so frustrated with arresting and fining these people, they're, they're just like, are you serious? There's another way? Instead of using force? And as I stand with you now, 1,875 families have left the illegal brewing business. Over 90% have come to Christ. And those people are multiplying their change into their communities until I, the, even the governor said, Don, 
take the number that you've trained and make it thrice. There are three times the amount of people who have been impacted and come out of brewing. And you multiply that by average five children, God is moving. Praise God. I just want to thank the Lord for his goodness. I've got a few images now to tell you and add to this story so that you can see visually as you remember. And I want to ask you at the end of our time together to pray to sign up to pray, to pray into what is happening right now because we believe in the next three years what you're going to hear right now is going to double. We're not believing for 2,000 lives. We're, we're believing for tens of thousands of lives. And we are positioned, or God has positioned us to do just that. So let's see that. If you go ahead and start the, those, some of those slides. This is where we say we want to bring hope, family hope, and we've, we said, what does the hope stand for? Healing the hearts, overcoming poverty, pursuing Christ, empowering others. This is the call that God's giving to us. And all of you received one of these. And I, I cannot encourage you enough to read through this, but, it's, but here's the word from, from somebody you, you, who's talking to you. And then the next page, Spirit-Led Detour. Don't miss that. Because, and also, don't miss watching this little video connected with this story. It will really, really uh, encourage you. So, these are some of the ladies. Imagine, they each had 30 to 100 customers a day that were buying and drinking their alcohol. But now, their garden working together. And these ladies do go back, and not a, in addition to their own individual businesses, they create co-op groups for accountability purposes. Every one of them, they create co-op groups, and if you start drinking or returning to alcohol, then you can't be in the group anymore. And, and they help each other, they, they love each other. Before they were com competing women, do you see that? They were like all brewers, and there was like a brewer meeting. They, they competed against them, they didn't talk to each other. They made, tried to make their brew more powerful than the neighbors by adding rat poison, embalming fluid, or methanol. But here at this training, when they're all opening their hearts and sharing what's going on, they begin to fall in love with God, and then they start to connect and care for each other in a brand new way. During the pandemic, though the movement was moving ahead, at our training center, the government said no more meetings, no more church meetings. I think it happened here, didn't it? <laughs> this isn't unique. Even in Africa, COVID began to move. But there were communities of people who said, we are so desperate for change. Can you train one at a time? We said, ah, that's not easy. They said, can you come to us? And so though maybe the enemy sometimes wants to squelch God's work, we repositioned and said, if, if, if we're not able to bring them to us, Let's move out into these villages with as much of the training as we can carry. So here is our tents. Here is an illegal brewer training that's happening now out under the acacia trees, uh, somewhat socially distanced. And this kept happening throughout the pandemic. And now that, that things have, have cooled down, they can come back to our training centers 
even more is in motion. You see all of these pens that are on this map of Kenya? These are the locations where the kingdom of God is advancing organically, where the chief from that village has said, Eli, train our people, and we do, and they go back, and then there's a move of happening. We're helping pastors work together. The village of Cherangani, there is 24 churches representing eight different denominations. They've now, as a result of the trainings that we've had for the pastors, gotten to know each other. They're getting a village-wide vision, and they're working together for the first time ever. It's amazing to see. Just in December, over a hundred of the illegal brewers, or let me say, in fact, they call themselves now women of change. Because Jesus said, you are what? Petra. New identity. New purpose. These ladies, we used to introduce them, even in front of the chief or the village, we'd say, she is a reformed illegal brewer. And they would give their testimony freely. But so many of them got together until one day when they they came to us and said, we are not illegal reformed illegal brewers. We are women of change. (laughs) That's what they call themselves. They say, women of change. Over a hundred of these women of change, they used to bring their alcohol, several of them brought their alcohol down a certain path. You see that escarpment? They would carry it down this path, 30 pounds. Go home and lift 30 pounds. 30 pounds of this dangerous alcohol down into the valley to a, a, a certain village called Kochorwo. That's where they would sell it. But in December, over a hundred of these women gathered together at the village of Kocholwa, where the ELI program is now advancing, where the chief has said, let's bring this training across my whole village, where pastors are starting to work together, and they said, we're going to march up that same path, and with every step we take, we're going to declare that the kingdom of darkness is being destroyed, and the kingdom of light is advancing And so they gathered. And we, we had sent a, a little bit of resources. We said, listen, buy T-shirts. <laughs> a friend of Christina's designed a beautiful logo. And here is Eli staff, reformed brewers, village chiefs, pastors, farmers, all coming together in solidarity to march up this three-mile path. And the man in the middle... When he heard about it, he said, I am coming too. And we said, Mr. Governor, we will keep you a very nice seat at the top. And he said, no. This is the governor responsible for a half a million people in his county. He said, take me to the bottom. I'm marching up with these women. You see, God is giving favor even with the government. We didn't ask for his help. We just moved at a grassroots level declaring the kingdom of God until these high-ranking officials are declaring this program is having a greater impact in our villages than any other program we have ever seen in our communities. It's no credit to Don Rogers or Amy. I can't even find my car keys half the time. I mean, I got a little storage unit that I temporarily... anyway. I can't find the key. So anyway, what I'm saying is, you see, you'd say, God, you put that guy in charge of this growing, expanding, exploding? Yes. If there's hope for me, there's hope for you. 
What are you going to dream? Where are you going to step out beyond your comfort zone? Because the time is now. God is just saying, what do you want to do? And maybe some of you say, I'm beyond those years, Don. I don't know that I can travel. That's why Christina, right here in the front, is putting together a five-day virtual trip to Africa. First one's in April. Then we're going to have several for the summer. I want you to come. You don't have to go anywhere from your home. You watch a video, you read stories, and then you're live online talking and listening to our staff in Africa tell their stories live. Q&A time. There's a, sign, a clipboard out there. Just say, hey, interested. You know, just put virtual trip. They're marching up the hill. Here we go. They're still marching. Next slide. Okay. This was the lead lady of the brewing and carrying alcohol, Ruth. She was the most notorious brewer. But do you know that after she got saved, you know, her personality was so strong in the brewing days, even the police were afraid to arrest her. I'm serious. She's, I said, Ruth, how? You, you avoided the police? She says, yes. I said, How? I have a big stick. I'm, she'll tell, I have a big stick. They come on my land, I get that, and I just stand there, and I tell them, you take one more step, and you will see how you will pain for the rest of the day. You know, I mean, seriously. And, and when she even mocked that thing, I'm like, ooh, okay, okay. I believe you, Ruth. But can you imagine that life now in Jesus? That life now, she says, I was the most notorious brewer, but now I am notorious for Jesus. Within six months of her conversion, she was elected village elder in her, in her community. Now she's moving ahead in a powerful way until Gladys heard Ruth's testimony on the radio. Gladys said, Ruth, come and meet these ladies. And when Ruth went, and, and this is two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, so what you're about to hear, this just happened. The hike was December, this is now just in the, in, in the, just the near recent last couple weeks. So these ladies were just at the Ilula Training Center now, two weeks ago, learning how to make liquid soap. You see that? How to make liquid soap. We tell them how to buy the chemical. Then they come inside. We teach them poultry and, and baking. Then they come inside for worship and Bible and a chance to hear testimonies and to share their hearts. And it's amazing to see that, again, by the third day, they all give their lives to the Lord, including Gladys. And Gladys went back to her home village, and she invited Eli. She said, I know you're going to follow up on me in two weeks, because we do. We go to the village. She said, is it okay if I invite some more friends? When our, t our staff showed up, there was 18 more brewers. Gladys already was multiplying this into the lives of other people. Imagine, on the same day that Gladys was being trained, the Monday, this guy who was in our, our two-week detox program, they, they didn't even know that both of them were going to be at the training center. He came because uh, 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 he was going to commit suicide, but through a connection, Dennis, our trainer, called him, and he, he said, I'm willing to come to give it a try. He's on his first day of detox when in the dining hall, he runs into Gladys. He was her best customer. 5% of what she used to sell, this guy would buy. 
Now, during his two weeks, he was saved. Now he's reconciled with his family. And last week, we took our team to another village in Baringo, three hours away, because they were asking for change. And Robert shows up with his backpack. He said, Robert, what are you doing? He says, I'm going on the mission. <laughs> and he came, and he testified. It is amazing to see how God is moving in this way. Thank you. And this is what I want to invite you to do. Even now, it won't disturb me. If I see you with your phone right now, putting this in, we want you all to join our prayer team because there's more trainings coming up in the next two months, and the enemy is not happy. He wants to defuse all of this. But friends, just like we said to start, Christ will prevail and build his church. Would you join us in praying? Just go to that site and just, it just takes 10 seconds. You put your name and your email. Every other week, we send you another update, how to pray that week. So friends, I want to thank you for praying, for supporting, for being a part of this journey. How do you feel right now? I wish we could have a discussion. You know, it's kind of like, give me a chair. So, any questions? Any comments? Good job. <laughs> I mean, are we, are we family? I know it's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way you end a sermon. <laughs> You're supposed to just, just stop, and then we go get our donuts and our cookies, and we all decide where we're going for lunch. Yes, that is true, and that's going to happen. But my prayer is that what we've shared today will just linger in your heart and disturb all of us in a most beautiful way. Tom? I was there in 2016, and I was uh, an eyewitness to the training and to Michelle's transformed life. Mm -hmm. awesome. You saw it firsthand. Firsthand. Um, amazing. Uh, women were so excited. Um, just showing up. 2016, we probably had trained 300 at that time, looking back over the year, 300. And like I said, it's now almost 2,000. God, God, is, God is good. So thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Yeah? Um, I got a friend in Malawi trying to figure out soap. <laughs> how do you... A friend in Malawi trying to figure out how to make liquid soap. soap. Just, just e email me. I, we, we want to multiply this. In fact, we're having more missionary organizations sending people to our training center to learn some of these skills because they see how it can help strengthen their current church planting strategies. Because most of those church planting things are, are being planted among the poor, but they're not quite sure how to address those situations. And God has given us an, an ability and a strategy. We're... we're Want to share? Let's get it out there. Absolutely. Are you finding uh, more success with men? I know, I feel like five years ago when you spoke, you said it was the majority was women who were responding. To Fantastic question. How about the men? Are the men responding? What's happening? What we see happening now is these women, like Ruth, she's a widow, so hers is different, but most of these women that are married, their husbands um, now are seeing their wives move ahead. 
economically, in leadership. And it's just this self-conviction. So there are now more and more men of change groups. That's why Robert was at a two-week detox. He wasn't alone. He was with 14 other men who were saying, we don't brew, but what's hindering us is our addiction to what our wives used to make. We want to come out. So there's a growing number of men of change groups. Let's, let's bow our heads together as we close. Oh, God, thank you so much. Father, your church will prevail. The gates of hell can't stop it or any demonic force. And I just thank you for the privilege that today we have as a family to, to advance it. And God, I thank you for these men and women who are here today uh, from all ages. I thank you for their love for you, for their dedication. And God, I pray for your, your spirit to move in this church in a very, very unique way, a powerful way. And even as I close and as the worship team prepares to, to do this, uh, this last song to send us out, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe some of you would say, you know what, Don, my, for some reason, I just kind of feel that I've been a little bit cold or a little bit distant. I, I, and I, I just feel the Holy Spirit drawing me back to himself to, to, to stoke the fire again, to advance his kingdom again, to be willing to step beyond my comfort zone and some of you would say, I, I just sense the Spirit wooing me, talking to me, stirring in me today, and I just want God to know I am saying yes, yes to His Spirit right now. If that is you, would you just look up at me? Just look up at me, eye contact. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else? Amen. Awesome. Thumbs up even. God, God is moving and he wants to use each of us. Lord, I pray for each of these hearts that wants to know you more, go deeper with you. Lord, I know you'll answer that prayer. And for all of us, Lord, may your kingdom come, your will be done. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen.